Welcome to the messages of Cornerstone Anglican Church. The actions of many people in the world can fill us with questions. In this episode, Pastor Andrew highlights these quandaries and how we can deal with them through a relationship with Jesus. When we come to look at the whole realm of what Paul is talking about in Colossians, we have some really challenging things. God, through Jesus, has taken us from under the dominion of darkness and placed us in the kingdom of his Son, whom he loves. I actually have missed that over the years. Whom he loves. So God is the God of love. And his actions of taking us out of the dominion of darkness is driven by his love for us, but also for his love for his son. And he takes us out of that because the dominion of darkness is not good for our souls. In fact, it's not good for us in any way whatsoever. And he delivers us in such a way that he literally takes us from one entity and places us in another entity, which is the kingdom of the Son, where there is redemption and the forgiveness of sin. There is something in the midst of the world in which we live that often provides a quandary. Because in chapter 2 of Colossians, Paul tells us that on the cross, God defeated the principalities and powers, broke their control, broke their power, broke their influence over us. Elsewhere, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, breaking the power of Satan, breaking the power of evil, breaking the power of sin and breaking the oppression of the law, all there on the cross. And yet, those things seem still to be active. Sin is rampant, but we don't call it sin anymore. It seems like evil is rampant, but we've tried to play down any sense of spiritual evil, So if you remove spiritual evil, if you remove the devil and the demonic, then all the evil we see out in the world is purely human. Or else you've got to invent some other entity. And if you want to invent some other entity, then what's wrong with calling them demonic or evil spirits or the devil? Maybe it's some force out there of evil. So if Jesus on the cross has broken this, 
when Paul talks about this in Colossians, it's in the Greek terms of God not only broke their power, but absolutely humiliated the principalities and powers, dashed them to the ground. And they had no ability and come back. And yet they still seem to be active some 2,000 years later. Isn't that a quandary? Do you find that a quandary? So let me just read what Paul says about Jesus. Because we celebrate today the feast of Christ the King. This passage from Colossians just sums it up just so neatly. So the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now we need to make sure we don't make the mistake of thinking that the Son of God was created by God. No, the Son of God is eternal. Eternal in the Godhead. The only begotten of the Father. So when Paul's talking about he's the firstborn over creation, he's really saying that what the Son of God did coming in the person of Jesus and dying on the cross and rising from the dead actually did something so powerful to this creation, so powerful to this planet, so powerful to this universe. It's a beginning of something so totally new. Even if it seems like things haven't changed, at an extremely fundamental level, they have. The root of sin is broken. And we celebrate that at baptism. The root of sin dies in us. The power of sin dies in us at baptism. And then Paul says, put to death daily the sins of the body. doesn't mean our struggle with sin is over. But its power to control us is finished. That's what Jesus did on the cross. But we have to implement it. It just doesn't sort of happen magically. It is something we have to do when we come to Christ, confess our sins, invite him into our lives, allow him to be our Lord and Saviour, and then we need to act because of what he's then done in us. We need to implement the effect of that, the results of that. We need to put to death the sins of the body and daily attend to it, be aware of it. So whatever temptation comes, we do not have to yield to it. I guess sometimes we do. And that's why John in his first letter, chapter 2, verse 1, says if we sin, not when we sin, but if we do, if we breach it, we have an advocate in the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. For in him all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So we've got to get this right. This planet belonged to the Son of God right from the beginning. It was created through him and it was created for him. He has the right to be king of this planet. 
and it's a right that we as human beings over thousands of years have denied him. And what God is doing is he's restoring the kingship of the Son of God in Jesus that belonged to him from the beginning. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. He's the head of the church. I think we forget that sometimes. And sometimes as leaders we forget who's in charge. And I love it every time we invite God into our church to be God. Not to be what we want him to be, not to do what we think he ought to do, not to follow what we would like to happen, but that he is God. And that he's free to be God in our midst, whatever that might be. The disciples, after the ascension of Jesus, were waiting in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit, and they were hiding in an upper room. And I guess they were hoping that the Holy Spirit might come quietly. But no. He came with a rushing mighty wind, threw them out into the street, put tongues of fire on their head so they were instantly visible to everybody. Got them speaking in tongues that they had no idea what they were saying and brought a crowd of 3,000 people. That's how the Holy Spirit comes quietly. To allow God to be God in our midst. David Wilkerson, who was brought up in a Pentecostal church, old-time Pentecostal, and their Pentecostal church had become very refined in its worship, and they had a visiting preacher. And this preacher took off his shoes and sat them on the altar rail. At the astonishment of everybody. And he talked to them about getting back to the old Pentecostal way. What was he saying? Let God be God. Let him be who he is in the midst of us. Because at the heart of it, it's his church. We are his people. And whatever that might be, we want to contain him. We want to keep him at arm's length. You know, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he's no longer at arm's length. When you receive Jesus Christ into your heart and commit to follow him as Lord and Savior, he's no longer at arm's length. We need to let him in. And then let him be who he is in our life, in the life of our church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, so that everything he might have, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him, 
to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through this blood shed on the cross. So, why doesn't God do something about the world? Why doesn't he stop all this evil? All this evil people? Well, if you think about that for a moment, how would he do that? And would we be included in the group? If God was to wipe out all the evil people on earth and fix the world up, who'd be left? Because Paul says in Romans 3, we are all sinners. Yes, there is evil of evil out there and it's atrocious. And I know you and I wouldn't do it. But that doesn't excuse us because we're in the same boat as everybody else. And I've seen the power of Jesus Christ transform murderers. A young guy named Nicky Cruz saved through the work of David Wilkerson's Teen Challenge. And Nicky came over when I was in Teen Challenge in King's Cross. And he walks in the door. And he comes up and he grabs my hand and says, I love your brother. And I was just overwhelmed with a sense of love. Unbelievable. This hardened criminal, violent gang member, violent murderer. And just the sense of love that came from him. power of Jesus Christ, the love of Jesus Christ, reaching evil in a broken, desperate, and despondent heart and transforming that person into something that was love. So why doesn't God just pounce all the evil people? Because that's not the option. When Jesus on the cross says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing, is the power of a new sense of love that wasn't existent in the Old Testament world and came as a revelation in the person of Jesus Christ, God's Son. And he applies it. And God applies it today. Winning over evil through love. Winning over evil through kindness. In our Old Testament reading, God was steamed at the priests and the abandonment of their job, the abuse of those whom they were supposed to care for. And he says, I'm going to come myself to care for my people. But in that same passage, God says, I'm going to appoint new pastors, new shepherds of the sheep, who are going to care for my sheep, are going to love my sheep, 
righteous leaders of my people. And that's what God is in the midst of doing today. He's raising up men and women of righteousness who exude his love, who understand the nature of their own forgiveness, of being forgiven and extending that forgiveness to those who do not seem to deserve it. Then none of us deserve it. To watch the power of his love break the power of evil. How is the quandary answered? It's a matter of implementing what Jesus did on the cross for us. Breaking the power of sin in our life and resisting temptation to sin on a daily basis. Using the authority that we've been given in the name of Jesus to break all the control of the evil one over people's lives and to understand that the law does not save anyone. A person who keeps the law perfectly is not saved, has no hope in the world, and lives in illusion. So every time we judge people according to the law, we breach the cross. Every time we accuse them about the law, we breach his love. If Jesus is willing to struggle to have supremacy through love and not power, not oppression, not dictatorship, then we need to learn that the winning of the game the overcoming of the forces of darkness, the overcoming of sin and evil comes from the depths of his love. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. And then that final statement in our passage today to the robber on the cross who defended him. Today you will be with me in paradise. Here's a man who's been wrong in his life, all of it. Deserves no mercy. That has no mercy. He's hanging on a cross. And yet recognises in Jesus his supremacy. Recognises that he's actually been hung near the king of kings and defends him. And as a result, he's blessed with paradise when he doesn't deserve it. And all those evil people that we see out there, they don't deserve it either. But that's precisely the point. 
Jesus came because we did not deserve it. He came because we could not deserve it. He died because we needed his action to set us free, to redeem our lives and bring the total impact of forgiveness into our lives. Jesus asks for obedience, not subservience. And there's a difference. Subservience is agreeing to do something even when you think you've got a point to make, you don't make it. You do what you have to do. You do what they make you do. And that's not serving. It's certainly not friendship. And you know you can talk to God and you can talk your issues out to him. You can talk to him about what you don't agree with. As long as there's somewhere in that process you're willing to listen to him. To understand his ways. And to get a hold of his mindset. To get a hold of the things that are important in his world. The world he created for us. The world that has gone far from him. But this is the day and this is the hour when we need to come back. Let us pray. Jesus, we acknowledge you as the king of this church, the king of this planet. You're the king of kings and the lord of lords. And we submit ourselves afresh to you as both our king, our saviour and lord. Raise us up as your church in righteousness and just give us an extra dose of that love that is at the core of what you're doing. That we might pour love into broken hearts and evil hearts and see the transformation that you can bring in people's lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear more great messages from Pastor Andrew, check out our Facebook page or look us up on the net at cornerstone-church.com.au.